0: This week we have Kyle Murta, expert when it comes to public speaking and presentation skills so there is no prizes for guessing this week's subject. But without further ado, this is Kyle Murta. This is not a podcast to just get you motivated and inspired. This podcast comes with the sole purpose to discuss strategies that we can all implement into our business right now that can increase how much money we earn. We'll hear from successful business people about marketing, sales, recruitment, training and mindset, the key principles to grow a business, make it recession-proof and thrive in today's business world. Kyle, first of all, welcome to Weekly Business Talk, um, it's a pleasure to have, have you. you. Thank you so much. thanks for having me. You're very welcome. And um, I'm going to let you explain to everybody listening, you know, who you are and what you do mm-hmm. in just a wee moment there, um, but of course I first came across you um, on the LinkedIn mm-hmm. and um, we want to, we have an audience that is small and medium-sized business owners that you know they listen listening to podcasts because they know that we're never complete in terms of our business. We can always improve our skills, whether it be sales, public speaking, um, marketing, branding. You know, you name it. There's so many elements of business, which is why I love business. That we just want to get a real array and interest in people on board that can contribute different things, and we can you know pick up on, on people's you know expertise and learn from them. Um, I was listening to something recently saying that these people that become experts, they're very rarely experts, like the number one at one thing. What they are is they're very good at multiple things, which Mm -hmm. makes them known as an expert. And really that's the kind of information we want to share with our our Mm -hmm. listeners, Mm -hmm. is lots of great information that they can become good at lots of things, which ultimately make them the best in their respective fields. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have a huge listener base of mainly Mm -hmm. um, British-based, small and medium-sized businesses. And, and, you know, solopreneurs and, you know, small businesses and things of that nature that just want to learn. And so I was on LinkedIn. I know public speaking is like critical and, I, and, and I, you know, I'll give my views on why, but I really want to hear your views yes. on why, but I know it's critical. Yes. And so I thought, Kyle is, I see a lot of you. I mean, that's a good thing. You've got a lot of <laughs> stuff on there, so it's working. And I'm like, I'm going to reach out to this guy and see uh-huh. if there's something we can do. So uh-huh. thanks for coming on. No problem. Um, Tell me, you know, for everybody listening, tell me who are you, where are you from, and and what is it you do? So my name
1: is Kyle Murter. I'm originally from Aberdeen, but I'm based now in Glasgow, Scotland's best city in my opinion, (laughs) and basically what I do is I help people present better than they ever thought they could, and I do that through a targeting, whether it be their fear, whether it be certain skills that they don't know, I'm building people's confidence through competence, you know, it's a little bit like driving a car at first when you go through your initial lesson, you have no idea what you're doing, you don't know what this weird handbrake thing is, you don't know how the hell that clutch works. But as learn when you begin to learn the skills after a few lessons you feel a lot more comfortable in the car and then eventually you pass your test and you're flying down the highway, within the speed limit hopefully, right? And that's what I do too with public speaking, teaching people how to use their body language, their voice in an engaging way to keep people involved and also making sure that their audience buys in to them at the same time because we buy into people before the service or product behind them. So that's what I do in a nutshell, Scott. I'm- and well,
0: what may, I mean and that's what you do and we're gonna to come to public speaking and some of the tips and the really good mm. information that you, you share with people online. But how did it get to that point, First of all, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you say Strathclyde Uni, mm-hmm. yes, that's psychology, right, yeah. yes. How, you know, up and out. You know, how? When did you leave Aberdeen? Yeah. Why did you dis- You know, what happened in your earlier days? You know, mm. tell, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, sure.
1: I mean, so back in Aberdeen, I to be honest, with you didn't have much confidence at all. Actually, I was quite an insecure young man, like a lot of young men are, and I really. There were things happening in my school. I didn't have a lot going for me. Um, I have quite bad dyslexia. And my school was very driven towards grades, like a lot of schools are nowadays. And, you know, and I was also getting a hard time from a few people there and so forth. So when you're kind of surrounded by a lot of negativity in your environment, some things going on at home, it really brings down your self-esteem. So I think this whole journey really began for me, which eventually led to me having the confidence to start a business by addressing the problems I had. You know, by realizing, hey, this is not right here, and I had a real desire to become more confident. I felt like I, sh- I should be doing better than I am. I shouldn't be so insecure with myself. I shouldn't let all these people put me down. I shouldn't be getting judged by a grade on a paper all the time. And I really felt I needed to do something about this. And this kind of got me into self development. That was a real stark pain and I think it's the same for a lot of people, they struggle through something so they look it up. Absolutely. And that's what I did too. And I really, uh, for the good eight years before I moved to Glasgow, I was focusing on building my
0: self-esteem. And that was what, as a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Thinking, you know, I need to be more confident. Yeah, leads, yeah. When you woke up something about confidence, it leads into something else. Yeah, is that yeah. the way that it?
1: Yeah, more or less. So there was there was stuff on, online was, and this is the brilliant thing about the internet. Now you can you're not just exposed to the environment that surrounded you. You can actually go out and see what other people are doing, what people are doing in America and Asia and all these places, and get influenced by that instead of just what is on your doorstep. Because for a lot of people, what's on their doorstep is not good at all and it was also just looking at people in my environment and then realizing they're a lot more confident than me what are they doing differently from me and i I started to analyze this they're holding their body completely i walked around like i was defeated every day of the week they're standing a lot different so that was the first step for me changing my body language and sort of growing into that because using constant body language in, in situations i was not comfortable in and over time that helped me get more confidence, it gave me a little boost and there's a lot of research on this now by Dr. Amy Cuddy, are you familiar with? I'm not, no. no. Sort of power
0: poses, um, and showed shoulder. I mean, I'm familiar with the way that you carry, of course. Yeah. The way that your actions and even your facial expressions and how it subsequently affects your, um, you build everything about you, your mood, your emotions.
1: 100%. Well, basically what this, this research is showing that different confident body positions actually elevate your level of testosterone which is associated with increasing self-esteem, and lower your levels of cortisol, which is associated with stress. So it actually does have a physical effect on the mind, the body and the mind are connecting. And I begin to realize that at this sort of time in my life. And then that stemmed into other things, looking at my my self-image, why do I feel this way about myself? So I really was just propelled into the world of self-development, and I still am to this day, obviously. And it got to the point where I got my final exams, I kind of got myself together, started getting all right results, and then was able to make that change to Glasgow. And moving was a big thing for me. I wanted to get away from that Aberdeen environment completely and start a. A fresh, and that was really the motivation for coming to Glasgow in the first place.
0: It's amazing how often we speak to people actually, Kyle, that they're doing so much good now, but it really starts from a very painful place in the first yeah. place. Um, and, and, and obviously, I've I've seen some of your stuff online. I've, I've seen some of the content you share on LinkedIn, etc. Um, but never really heard your story, and certainly. Mm-hmm. We, I, i've i've seen a lot of speakers over the years mm-hmm. um and presentations keynotes from the the huge you know the big names like Grant oh, yeah. cardones and gary vaynerchucks to you know we do local what we call you know with a, a very good friend of ours steve gaston which is called a uh, glasgow Masterclass he has of course and, yes um, i know steve well you know steve and um and, and we've seen these let's say it's you know 100 people but it is a smaller event um and the story you just told me there, that is the type of story that I'm looking for when I go to an event to see if I can get a connection mm-hmm. with someone, mm-hmm. which then has a, an overwhelming influence on me, which actually makes me take action and listen into what they've to say. Mm-hmm. So, that story, and although you kind of gave me the highlights of it, mm-hmm. do you talk about that story about why you've got like why you're doing what you're doing now? Do you go into it? I haven't been into it in a lot of depth because
1: public speaking is everything what everyone wants to hear about right now. But eventually, Mm. my business is called Confidence by Design for a reason, right? Because I believe you can build your confidence. And you can do that through public speaking, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm looking to master eventually. But... Along the line, maybe um, in several years, once I've built this company up to where I want it to be, I might move more into the confidence realm and, and teaching people specific
0: skills yeah, on how to
1: build their I, I even
0: think, though, that that story there about how you came about becoming, you know, doing your mm-hmm. psychology mm-hmm. and then becoming a public, you know, training people on public speaking because you've done so much research and mm-hmm. testing on it. Uh, that story, um, I think people really relate to that. Yes. It's really interesting, I would yes. own that, that story there because uh-huh. that really does, I, I think that uh-huh. makes a huge, I, 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 the people that I know, I mean, someone we had on the podcast called James Sinclair,
1: mm.
0: he's done that very well. Um, he's built a huge business up, does about, probably about between 12 and 15 million pounds a year um, and revenue uh, between the sort of entertainment and kind of leisure, family mm. leisure space and that's what he's done very well, mm, yes. he talks about his story. story, it's irrelevant to his leisure business mm-hmm. but people just relate to him because they story. go, mm-hmm. I was there, I suffered from this, I'm gonna listen to you yes. but that's a side Absolutely. note anyway um, and it's good to know, so Aberdeen came yes. to Glasgow, studied yes. in Glasgow uh-huh. and uh-huh. then you start a business?
1: Well yes, yeah. so by the time I got to Glasgow I was in a lot better place than good. where I was in Aberdeen um, but I still had one big problem I had no idea what I wanted to do, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I took psychology. But I
0: know, I know that's true. Um, they, they, but a lot of people going to university quite often find themselves in that place, don't they? The vast
1: majority. Yeah. We're, we're told to go to university, it's meant to be the holy grail. In reality, it's not all it's set out to be, I don't think. Um, because everyone's got a degree now yeah. in the workplace.
0: you know, yeah. It's very difficult to stand out, you're not guaranteed a job. Yes. But
1: nonetheless, we're all there, and we do have a good time over
0: there, Oof, and you I meet funny, a lot I, of good I'm, people. I never went to university, uh-huh. but I do think you know I would have had such a great time if I went. Yes, I would have probably built up so many connections oh, as yeah. well, which mm-hmm. is another great thing. Um, so for that alone, I think oh, it's yes. worthwhile. Oh yeah. Um, but nonetheless, you you. you you went and done yes. psychology because yes. you, you weren't too sure what you uh-huh. wanted to do and it sounded uh-huh. like, I, I, really, I mean I liked the idea of psychology, yeah, I yeah. subject, it was an interesting It was an
1: interesting course, I mean you learned a lot of different things about why people work, how they think, why we yeah, do certain yeah, things, um, but I knew about, come my second, third year I didn't want to do psychology, Yeah, um, I kind of figured that out because it would have meant another three years of yeah, studying yeah. and I'm like I said before, I have like, dyslexia. This this is completely out of my comfort zone. That was a big reason as well. I went to university. I kind of wanted to conquer that demon. Yeah. If you like, um, So I didn't want to do any more than I had to. Yeah. If if that makes sense. So at that point, one year left. I'm really starting to panic now, because you have to you have to have some sort of plan. You know, everyone's asking your parents, your friends, and um, your hairdresser, even what are you gonna do with your life? What are you gonna do when you graduate? And when you have no answer to that, it's, it's, not, it's not comfortable, you know? No. You're kind of in a state of panic because of that. So I decided what I'm going to do to solve this is just try a bunch of different things, Brilliant. a bunch of different jobs and activities, and we'll see if I find something
0: I enjoy. And give me, give, what, what, what yeah. were they like? What, what kind of <laughs> stuff are you talking about? Are you talking about like being a waiter and, you know, give, give me an idea. Okay,
1: okay, I'll give you a good idea. So one of them was uh, uh, in Germany, in a German forest working on a kid's summer camp. Wow. So okay. I did that for a summer. I met my girlfriend there actually, um, which, was, which was good. Another one was See, a lot what great things come from yeah, just trying just things just trying things trying out, yeah, things yeah, out and that, great things that, and this is what I tell a lot of people you have if you have no idea what you want to do you have to just try a bunch of things yeah. um another one was being a fundraiser on the street for a well known animal charity you know sort of selling cuddly pandas and things like this a, <laughs> a great education
0: that being told to piss off every day oh yeah and told yeah. no oh. like hundred odd times a day is good. It's
1: builds, builds a lot of mental toughness. Yeah, it does, it, it does. absolutely does. But probably the weirdest one was being a lifeguard at a nudist swimming pool full of old people. So I've seen some Where big stuff. Scot- that wasn't
0: in Scotland, was it? Yeah, here in Glasgow. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Right, I don't know okay. if I should
1: drop the name or yeah, not. I don't, know. I, mean, I don't know if I want to know but Yeah. yeah but know. after that, I also went, I was also trying different activities like tango, dancing. I did like watercolor classes, wow. range yeah, of things. And the other thing I tried was a speaker's club. Uh, For the listeners who don't know, a speaker's club is basically a safe place where people practice public speaking. And at these clubs, they always encourage new people to get involved and do something called a table topic. Have you heard of this? Yes. You've heard? Yes. Well, for those who don't know, in case the listeners, it's basically a question, and it can be on anything at all, from the history of Glasgow to the Beachy Boys. You don't know what's coming at you, but you have to answer that question in the form of a speech for two minutes, absolutely no preparation, and you've got a room full of people staring at you.
0: I think the first time I went to, if I remember correctly, and tell me if this is the same thing, Mm. um, I went to one of the Glasgow Toastmasters. Mm. I'm sure it was Glasgow. I've been to quite a number over the years. Uh And two young men went up and they were said, you are talking for the benefit of why you like living in the city, and you talk about why you like living in the countryside, out rural, and bear in mm-hmm. mind, I don't know where they really live, but they were told on the spot, that was what the subject was, you've got two minutes mm-hmm. and an off the bend. Yes. Same yes. type of thing. Same type of thing. Great. Same okay. type of
1: thing. sort of building that improv skill. Absolutely. speaking on your feet. So my first ever question was, if a zombie apocalypse happened in glasgow where would you go and i really was not chuffed about this at all you know i'm starting to sweat a little bit i'm shaking but i find myself up there i'm staring at all these people and after what felt like literally years i came out with a two-word response the pop the and then i sat back down and that was my first ever experience so a real horror show yeah you know?
0: literally a, a horror show talking Ooh. about an apocalypse <laughs> <you> know, Yeah, <laughs> literally um, so, so the first time it maybe didn't go so well No, um, it did not. No. but but that what did you because i certainly feel that when you put yourself in these situations where mm. you have no clue what to do mm-hmm. see the next time you got there it's I actually see something just failing that way. It's so good because it just, you know, gets rid of that. Yeah. That fear of Get like it out failing. Your system. Get it out of your system. And yeah. you can only
1: improve from there. And I think also what helped me in this situation, a lot of people would run at that point. They would never go back again. But because of all the self-development I'd done beforehand, like I spoke about building my confidence back in Aberdeen, I knew mm-hmm. I had to attack this because it was okay. a problem. Yeah, It was something I had a fear of. It was causing a physical reaction to me. I had to run towards it. And that's why I went back and the second time did go a little bit better and so did the third and after about really just six months of, of facing that fear which I think we all have public speaking when we mm. get started, there's very few natural speakers, Yes. I did start to overcome it and I actually started to enjoy speaking because that's what public speaking can be, it can be an enjoyable experience between you and the audience where everyone's having a good time, fun yes. and uh, luckily enough at that point a lady who worked for Strathclyde actually was sitting in the audience and she took me aside and said look i don't know if you do any of this sort of stuff but i think it'd be great for the students to hear you speak and give them some tips, so then they could see someone who's like them, and because a lot of young people they think I can't do that, you know. But if I'm doing that, you know, only a couple of years older than these first year students, yes. there's no excuse anymore. So that was her reasoning, and it it's sort of one of those moments where you you say yes and you figure it out later, you know. Do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was in front of 600 students, um, and I over
0: Just, just to put that yeah. in perspective, when you were at the the, the, the speaking yeah. group, how many people were at that? Twenty. Twenty. Yeah. And next minute, within a short period of time, you're six hundred people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And a yeah. six hundred people's yeah. front of six hundred people is a big gig. Mhm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's certainly bigger than anything I think. I think you know, the biggest one that we've done maybe recently is about one hundred and twenty folk. Yeah. And that was nerve-wracking was so six hundred. Yeah, yeah. Year. It's it was a lot great. There's no yeah. doubt about yeah. that. There's yeah. no doubt
1: about that. And yeah, I I just rehearsed, rehearsed, rehearsed. I I was so afraid of getting something wrong I probably overrehearsed, but on the day it went down pretty well the students enjoyed it a lot and it led to some more work and not just with universities but with some companies and this is fantastic stuff. I'm still a student now I'm making a bit of money on the side and um, it's all good and it kind of got to the point uh, no, actually sorry I should go back a little bit because something else happened too I started competing mm. I started
0: competing in public speaking competitions yeah because I know you've got well, you've got a bit of an accolade, a bit of a, you know, you, you, yeah. you've been a winner of something, so yes, what happened yes. there?
1: Yeah, so basically at the speakers clubs, right, the Toastmasters or whatever yes. one you choose, there's these competitions yes. and they go in rounds. So best in that specific club and then best in Glasgow, best in Scotland, best in UK and Ireland and all the way to the world finals in some cases, and I got best for Scotland and one of my, my first goals, so that was quite a good accolade for myself I'm sure. and I won others for humorous speaking, improvs, so you know the table topics? Yes. There's a competition for that, I got uh, top six in UK and Ireland for that so all these good things are happening very fast for me as well as the work's happening, so it kind of made sense for me, I've got a skill set here let's make a business out of this oh, yeah. and that's exactly what I, I did and look it was tougher than I thought getting started I kind of because the first ever networking event I ever went to you know a business networking event I got I got an inquiry and a job straight away like that yeah and it gives you a false impression of how it's gonna go every time yeah so that happened and then nothing happened for a long time and that was (laughs) that's a tough time you know when you're actually making no money zero money yeah when the months go by the pressure starts to creep in mean, and then everyone who said maybe you should weigh off and not do this when you're 23 years old, or actually 22 at the time, you know that starts to get to you as well.
0: It's really interesting because we quite often talk about that, um, how there is a lot of um, really great technicians speaking as an example, yeah, hairdresser, whatever it be, but getting business and running a business is a whole different skill set so they're oh, really yeah. great at their craft but Mm-mm. you know generating new business is you know is critical 100%. and uh, and it's a big problem that a lot of you know a lot of people coming mm-hmm. into the workplace have they're great at their thing yes. they just don't quite yet know how to generate and unfortunately normally it comes through experience they learn and they develop as they mm-hmm. go on but there's quicker ways of actually doing it yes, like yes. coming on the podcast and getting in front of hundreds uh-huh. of listeners and, 100%, um, yeah. and, and, and there'll be somebody out there that goes I like him I'll research him And Mm -hmm. so on, and and, and so the personal brand and the being known uh, Uh increases. Uh So so now you go off to speak to people that want to improve their Mm -hmm. presenting Mm -hmm. and speaking ability, Um, and you go to. businesses and do speaking yeah. events with them
1: so it's really three ways that my, my business works now so I do in-house training for teams absolutely I've done a lot in the financial services at uh, law firms and so forth and then I also do one-to-one stuff so often speakers approach me motivational speakers approach me for some work on their presentations I've had a guy recently who does a lot of data work and works with a system called Power BI It's a Microsoft system, it's very complex, but it's helping businesses make better decisions. So in his case, it was sort of making the complex simple. Simple. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also worked with people in property one-to-one. The one-to-ones are really interesting because you get such a variety. Uh, in the room. Likewise with the workshops I put on, so these are open workshops where people can attend in Glasgow and Edinburgh and learn some key skills around business pitching, presentations, keeping people engaged, getting them to buy into you, all of this good stuff as well.
0: Yeah, because of course the actual words that came out of your mouth during doing a public speaking gig of various sorts, what you actually say just forms a very small part of it. If I'm mm-hmm. right, you saying there is so much more yeah, to yeah. Uh, speaking that, and that's the kind of stuff that you talk about and you know 100%. help people develop. Yeah, yeah.
1: So I think there's really two sides to every presentation. There's the delivery aspect, right? So this is actually how you get that message across for your body, your your uh, voice. You know how you're making that message have an impact. And then the other side is the content, right? This is your actual information, the message you want to share, your PowerPoint, if you have that. And I think it's really important to get the balance because you could have the most important message in the world to say, but if you say it in a boring, lethargic way, no one cares, Yeah. But likewise, you could have absolute crap, like real crap, But you make it sound great,
0: people will listen, but they get nothing from it. So I think you need that combination to really have a successful presentation. So who, I mean, if you were going to be an advocate just for public speaking, Mm. as we've discussed already, there's a lot of fear around here. Who needs to be good at public speaking? you know, is it just for business people or is it just for people that are trying to sell something uh, to someone or influence people? Who should be learning and improving their public Mm. speaking?
1: Well, if we take it on a general sense, then I believe everyone should, for one reason, confidence. I've never seen a skill so transformative in helping people raise their level of self-esteem than public speaking. It has that ability, like, because if you think about it, if you can speak well in front of a hundred people, all of a sudden going to a networking event or going to a party where you don't know anyone isn't that bad, you know? Having difficult conversations with people is not that big a deal. It takes the bar so high that everything below that just seems mediocre. And it can build your confidence in that aspect. And we're talking from a business standpoint, you know, targeting in on your your target market. I think people, in the law sector, especially, you know, they're representing clients in the courtroom. They're also doing a lot of business development work themselves. If you have a business, if you are an SME, you're probably going to have to learn how to project that business, whether it be at networking events or speaking to get the message out there.
0: And so, what do you? Because one of the things that really doesn't bother me actually when people say this thing, I feel like sometimes that's a little bit of a cop out. Mm. But they say that they are more of an introvert, and actually, public speaking is more of an extrovert type. Yeah. Uh, so, what would you, what would you say to them?
1: I would say I'm an introvert. Yeah. So I told you where I was at the start. I'm naturally an introverted person. You can learn to be an extrovert, right? And it's not you being unauthentic or not being yourself. Rather, it's just you being yourself on tap. Because that's what you've got to do when you're speaking. I can't just have a conversation to the audience like I normally would with you on the street. It has to be something more than that to keep an entire room of people engaged for the whole length of time, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, two hours, whatever it may be. It has to be you on 10. You at your very best. And it doesn't really matter if you're an introvert, extrovert, or any type of vert. You've got to be able to raise your game and be at your best
0: because the audience deserves that. Excellent. So, g- give me some of the secrets then, because mm. I'm a business guy. There's a lot of business people listening. You know, we want some of the good stuff. <laughs> what are we going to do to get better? Mm-hmm. So, is there, you know, five things, three things that you mm-hmm. would start? I mean, what would be the first thing you would look for someone, and then the second thing you thought you were going to say, yeah. work on this?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So, well, let's take it from the two aspects I spoke about. You have got the, the kind of delivery side of things, and then also the content. So with your delivery, right? um, obviously your big components here are your body language and your voice. When it comes to your body language, there's three things you really want to make sure you're doing to have a positive impact on the audience. And I I I teach people this for a little acronym, S-E-O, and that stands for smile, eye contact, and open. So when it comes to a smile, well, Scott, why do you think it's important to smile during a presentation?
0: Well, I do think people then you know they'll smile back at you. You feel comfortable. You're showing yourself relaxed and naturally. Of course, course. but you can people tend to mirror that
1: and and feel the same way. Absolutely, but I think that's absolutely a reason. But probably the biggest reason is it actually makes you seem like you want to be there. Mm. A lot of people, the biggest problem I see is they present with a blank face. Right? There's no emotion, there's nothing. A face like fizz, as my mother would say. And the problem with that is it suggests you're not interested. And if you're not interested, then how can you expect your audience Absolutely. to be interested? It's just like sales. Presentations and sales, there's a lot of dovetailing going on yeah. there. So that's the main reason I encourage people to smile during the presentation, in a genuine way. Not, a, not any other type of smile, otherwise they'll probably be running from you yeah. and coming to you. Right. So that's S. E, eye contact. Everyone knows this is very important, but you see so
0: many people looking at their notes, looking at their PowerPoint. And the last place they tend to look is in their audience's eyes. And me, what, what are they? you know, I mean everybody knows you want to look at something in their eyes and have a conversation with mm. them, but what are some of the stats behind it? What is some of the evidence or the science behind that? What mm-hmm. Do, do mm-hmm. you have something on that?
1: Well, there's a lot of research which indicates that if you don't look someone in the eyes, the level of distrust you know increases exponentially right so it's well known that we need to make a connection with the other person this is in conversation this is when you're speaking this is in everything in order for them to build that rapport so the main reason we do eye contact is to build rapport with people in the room and also keep them engaged because if I'm not looking at you that gives you the opportunity to switch off I want to keep you engaged, I want to keep you involved, and eye contact can make that happen. But of course, you don't want to be looking for too long because then you get in that awkward situation, which we're in for the people listening, where you're not backing down, I'm not backing down, and we're in for a long podcast. Yes. But long enough, two to three seconds, so that the, ind- the individual knows you're looking at them and the other way around, building that connection, and then move on to someone else. Do the same, drawing
0: everyone in to what you are saying. Got you, so mm. so you're giving everybody in your audience, whether it's five people or 500 yeah. people, you know, gra- glancing around the room, but as if you're speaking to that particular yeah, person yeah. for a few Ho- seconds. But holding two to three seconds,
1: not, yes. don't, you, other don't, you th- don't
0: just glance around yeah, because you're engaging in someone, you move on to the next Yeah, show. this It'll is
1: the other thing people can get caught, oh, we're just ticking a box, just moving their head, mm. and then you're not really doing anything at all. Um, and the yeah. other cool thing is if you're presenting to a big audience, right? If you look in one direction at one person, yeah. everyone around them thinks you're, you're looking at them too. So you can get away by just looking at certain parts of the room and that will
0: cover the majority of people there. Okay, and yeah. so why uh, you, actually you mentioned the O and yes. the SEO. What, yes. what open you mentioned? So mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. does that mean?
1: So we wanna, mm-hmm. we wanna project open body language because that suggests confidence. A lot of the time you'll see people who are really nervous with speaking, they tense up. Mm. Right? Everything's tense, Um, the feet are, are quite close together, their body's inward, their head might even be down, and the hands, notice this next time, the hands always come here, across the midsection. Why do you think that would be, Scott, if you have to take a guess? Well, I would guess that that would be like a protection mechanism. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So we, we're making a, a subconscious effort to protect our vital organs by yeah. doing that because we feel under threat. It's all of these things created a hundred, you know, millions of years ago. But it makes you seem really defensive. And it kind of creates a barrier between you and your audience. So we really want to avoid doing this. So that means, you know, getting your feet shoulder width apart at least You know, having the chest up, the shoulders back, head held high, and taking these hands to your side and using your hands to gesture. The more you gesture, the better your communication will be. There was a study by TED, you know TEDx? Of course, yeah. um, And they looked at speakers who used a lot of gestures and those who did not. And they found that those who did had way more views on their videos. I think like upwards of 40% more views than those who did not. Mm, So the more you gesture, the better your communication will
0: be. Yeah, and it's amazing actually. No, no, I know, when you think about it just logically, it it doesn't make sense for somebody to walk about stiff, Mm -hmm. saying something, you know, that doesn't just, that doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And the great thing, I mean, people sometimes question, well, is that really me? If I'm smiling, if I'm making eye contact, open body language? Well, it
0: really depends. Have you, got you, me you, you, you don't need to do them all, all the time no. and every minute. But what you're saying is take different parts, make it. Superior. Yeah.
1: It also depends on your intention. Do you intend to become more confident at speaking? Do you pretend to project confidence? Then that's absolutely fine because you're working towards that. You wouldn't expect to perfect it straight away. But if you don't have that intention and you're playing an act then yes, of course, it's unauthentic. But this is great stuff which really helps you build rapport with your audience and keep them engaged at the same time.
0: It's, it's interesting that there is so much talk, um, and, and obviously we're going to come onto the content in a minute, but just while we're on talking about authentic, there is so much talk online now, or at everywhere really, but particularly online about people because uh, social media is a great thing, but it also can be a very destructive thing. You know, like people showing so much what the b- people believe is their real life, but actually it's just completely not. <laughs> yeah. But that's authentic. As a public speaker, you know, when someone say, when you say you need to be authentic, or someone say, mm. know, what does that mean to you? Mm. How how does somebody be authentic? And you, know, how would you describe it?
1: It's an interesting one because for most people, they really don't want to be there. So therefore if you're authentic, then you're gonna come across like you don't wanna be there, and then that's not good for anyone at all, yeah. right? So you need to you need to learn to be yourself, of course. But like I say, it needs to be elevated a bit, right? It needs to be you at your best if you like. Now I'm not s I am not I do not agree with the taking of selfies, creating this false life or anything like that at all. But what I'm saying is you must give your all in your presentation, the best that you can possibly do. And I think that's being authentic. Giving your best, see where it goes yes. from there. Because that, that's all you can do at the end of the day. And, and some people, this is the same with every presentation. Some people listen and some people don't. Mm. And then you go home, right? And that's what happens every time. But you can just do your best and see where that falls.
0: I think the thing is, is it, People are so caught up right now in what other people's opinions are. I mean, you go you spoke about five hundred people are talking, we done one not you know a matter of a month or so ago, um, with a hundred or so people there. Mm. You're never going to make everybody happy. No, you know? There is no, going to be people that relate to it and there's going to be people that do not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was at an event recently where I just didn't get the speaker. The the, the content, the way of presenting it, just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Yet I heard from my own staff, they had incredible th- they, they felt it was like life changing mm-hmm. in some ways, and I really just didn't get it. Yeah. So, now that doesn't mean that he's good or bad, mm-hmm. it just means that for me, it just wasn't for me. But, um, I've probably listened to keynotes which are <laughs> crap for a lot of people, and I just think that, that, that yes, yes. Well, this is it, it's so subjective, different things for different people. So it's quality is subjective, it really, really is subjective. 100%. Um, okay, so. So what you're saying is that's all the body language, the smile, the eye contact, yes. being open and using your hand gestures yes. to create flowing movements and things of that nature. Uh-huh. What's the other part?
1: Yeah. So Major your
0: content, was it? So yeah, let's talk about content. So then we've got both
1: sides, yeah. to work with. So this is sort of a good foundation to go in with your SEO. And then inside of the content, you can remember the acronym YES. A great speaker, Les Brown, I don't know if you're familiar? Of course, yeah. Of course, he's he's a legend in the game, right? Um, He once said, and this really stuck with me, when you go up to present, your audience is always asking three questions. Who are you, what do you have, and why should I care? Mm. And what I'm doing with this acronym, yes, is kind of answering those three questions. So it stands for you, expertise, solution. This is a little bit more sales based, right? But we spoke before about the power of the story. Yes. Yeah, And it's really important. There's lots of things you can do to build rapport with an audience initially, but if you tell your story in a strategic way, that's really powerful. Now, when I tell a strategic way, I'm not talking about giving the CV. Because you get a lot of that, you know? I worked here for seven years, I did that for three years, I did that for two months, but let's not talk about that. You get a lot of that and that's boring, no one really cares. But if you could talk about the reason you got to where you are now, you know, why you, why you took this leap of trying to start that business, what your motivation was, what have you learned along the way giving value? That's the stuff people care about. That's the stuff that gets people engaged and will
0: help them buy into you. So that's kind of the first step. The you. The why, sorry. And do you help people? Do you listen to people's story? And then go, That bit's great, that bit no real need. It's a bit boring. That bit though, make sure that's in. Give us more of that. Do you do you yes. go through that and help Yes, that's craft ex- that. That's exactly
1: what I do in terms of the one well all aspects actually. So in one to ones, people often deliver their presentation to me. And then I can say, look, that's working well, that's not, maybe we can make this adjustment, let's try it again, run that through, is it working now? I make the adjustments from there. I do even a whole workshop on storytelling because it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's so many different aspects to it, and I think it's a really important part because it's what you're going to start with if you're just getting started. And it's important to build that connection for your body language, and then you've got the story you're telling too. It's, it's like dynamite, it really does absolutely. work well. Um, but moving on, because it's a business audience, so we've got you. They've bought into you. Now we need them to get into your expertise. And I think really the best way to showcase this, there's lots of different ways, but it's to give value. You know, sort of sharing from your own experience things that you have related to your business, which will help other businesses. So for instance, I do public speaking three tips on body language we just gave there. That kinda consolidates my expertise, shows that I know what I am talking about. This is gonna be different for different people. If you're a graphic designer, for instance, maybe you're gonna go for the highlight reel. Showing images and talking through the different designs. It's really just getting people to realize you know what you're talking about and you can do what you promise, you know, at the same time. And then obviously at the end is the solution if you're doing a sales presentation there's obviously pain points for the client there's something that you are offering them it's getting people to buy into
0: that at the end too excellent okay so your content and just remind me what was the what was it that was brown said that you said they started three things yeah, just remember, um, I about that once.
1: yeah so when you go up to speak the audience are always asking who are you what do you have and why should i care yeah so that's so the you um, is highlighting who you are, of course. Um, what you have, your expertise, yes. and then
0: lastly, the solution. What, what, why, why should I care? Why, why should I care? What's yeah. to you there? No, Wes Brown, one of, the, one of the greatest speakers. Oh, I um, think the greatest. Yeah, you think be. the greatest, yeah, yeah certainly. Yeah. I know there's a few really great ones there, but how, how much, because I've always, I've actually been in situations where when you really analyse the content, of something there's not really much of value there or there's not really um, you know even when you read something maybe in the newspaper the actual story is very weak Mm. but the headline and the way that it's presented makes it seem something different and Mm. I've always thought the same thing with sales that the content the actual words form a lesser part than say how you deliver is there any truth in that?
1: I, this is something I went back and forth on Scott, so initially when I go into this field, I thought delivery, right? Yeah. Delivery is everything. If you don't have that, no one's gonna listen to you. But then the other side of me has also realized the impact of, of content. So we spoke a bit about stories. I've seen speakers who are terrible at presenting. They're really not good, but they've got a really powerful story. Yes and that seems to make a huge difference and impact people in a, in a genuine way. So I really do think it's probably 50-50 um, in most
0: cases. Yeah, I uh, uh, you, yeah. Need, you need some good words mm. as well as delivery. Yeah, yeah. I, suppose, I suppose you do. Okay, let me ask you one, cause talking about being authentic, mm. what is there, is there a rule on swearing and language? <laughs> Don't do it or if that's you, do it. What, what, what do you teach people?
1: It really depends on your audience, right? It
0: depends on and of course
1: you. If that's something if that is actually you, if that helps you get across you by, you know, saying, fuck you or whatever or shit, all this, then yeah, sure, go ahead. And as long as you're not gonna offend anyone in the room and even if you are then you're projecting yourself, the good people the people who are interested in you will approach and those who are not will go for the nearest exit. So it can be work well in some cases too. In a business setting I think generally we probably don't but
0: it's, it's definitely not well, I'm thinking that out, there's okay. a lot of hate you know you'll probably be familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk yeah, uh, Gary. Yeah, yeah. And, and it seems to be now that he's hitting the heights he's hitting everybody wants to you know swear in whether it's you know for the shock factor yeah. or, or whether it's really them I don't yeah. know uh-huh. uh, but it's always been an interesting one I, I say to um, this is one of the good things about the podcast is that you uh, because it's my podcast, I can yeah. see what I like and I can put out there yeah, and then I can cut out what maybe I shouldn't have uh-huh, said uh-huh. but, um, but it's always been something I like, maybe you keep it a bit more sort of child friendly in terms of yeah. your language, scott or yeah. uh, keep more people happy then I'm thinking but that's not me, you know, that's, mm. that's not, so it's an interesting one to see It is,
1: well, for instance, like I said, audience base is important, so if I was speaking at a school, which I have done yeah, before yeah, of I probably would you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know, because um, that's, you know, bad role modelling if you like there but maybe in a, in a different environment where people are paying to come and see you or something like this or it's a, a sort of open-minded conference,
0: go it's ahead. Funny. It's funny actually because I don't know if you've seen the clip of Gary V and he's actually talking at like a school, mm-hmm. maybe it's more high school kids, and he's still, you know, swearing and blinding and all the rest <laughs> of it, um, it's, so it's, it's, so it's, it's funny um, but yeah. there is. Yeah, well I think with him, he he held back when he first got started.
1: That's what he right, said. Okay. himself. Right, okay, so he deliberately he, held back. He deliberately held back, but then he felt, well, that was him holding himself back, so then he just let it all out, Yeah. you know, so.
0: I wonder what it's done for him. I mean, it's, it's really propelled his personal brand. Um so that's it. So, uh, nowadays, everyone's talking about personal brand. Before, off-air, we spoke about yeah. how I have even said, well, having an online brand, uh, even if everything came crashing down tomorrow, having a good online, strong brand, even gets your job, builds connections, etc etc being a good public speaker whether you want a job whether you're selling a product whether Mm -hmm. you're uh, pitching your services for a company you work for or own Mm. to someone else it's it's important Mm -hmm. Um, what would uh, so so me building a personal brand how important is it for those people out there that are building that personal brand to be able to communicate in front of that audience to basically mm. public speak, you know, what, what would you yeah, goes for? I would
1: say it's pretty essential to yeah. be honest with you, because public speaking at the end of the day is marketing. That's what it is. It's giving you a platform to stand up there and share what you have and what you can offer to people. And you know, I say this all the time, if you can go to a networking event and try and get around the whole room, but you're probably not gonna be able to make a, conne- a deep connection with everyone in that room in the short period of time. But if you get up and speak for 10 minutes, and everyone in the room is going to know what you do and then they're going to come to you so if you're doing if you're big on your personal brand you want to elevate that online is huge your video content all these things being in that space but if you can supplement that with actually being in the physical environment too that golden combination
0: is is brilliant do do you feel that when you deliver a piece of training or a keynote or something via video versus in person and mm. event, fancy in front of so many people—is there a difference? Is this live video? Or is this um, live or recorded? I mean, ultimately, people see you through a screen of sorts. You no, know, uh, you know, what is—is what, what is there a difference? Do you change up how you do things for some um, for a pre-recorded material versus when you're actually live on a stage?
1: Sometimes, sometimes yeah. it depends. I think there's a different feel altogether, yeah. right? There, yeah, energy when you're speaking. Yes. There's energy in the room, people are giving you something back, whether they're laughing, whether they're in shock, whatever it may be, you can feel something. With the camera, and we spoke about this before, it's hard to build a relationship with a camera, but at the same time, in order to stand out with all the videos out there, once again, you, you have to be on 10, you have to do it, yeah. yeah, you have to, to elevate yourself, in some cases even more than when you're on stage, because there's no energy to feed off but yourself. So yeah, sometimes I'm actually even more energetic and stuff while I'm on camera than actually on stage. So that you can try to
0: transfer that through to the mm, people watching.
1: Yeah, it. because as someone said this to me and it was quite interesting. What you think is far too much has barely been noticed. Yes. You know. And um, what you know, it's it's that way we think it's this high and it's actually just
0: a lot further down to the people who are obtaining that content. Oh yeah, it's very similar. I wrote an article a matter of days ago, actually. Um, and I spoke about, you know, a lot of time I hear people say that the reason they're not sharing, writing new articles or sharing video content about their business is because they think that it's not really that interesting. Mm. And, uh, or, or it's, the, it's so obvious that why talk about that? And i was saying to them that although it maybe be obvious to them mm. to people out there watching it's mm. it's you know it's, it's really interesting yeah even if you still class yourself as a bit of an amateur at, it'll be something that you will say that will resonate with maybe one or two people that makes it worthwhile 100 Um so certainly to yourself um yeah with the energy that you use might seem not that or, or might seem excited but To someone else, that's just normal. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. it barely touches the surface. Because we're getting information from everywhere now, you know? So to stand out in that
0: space, you've got to do something special. You you need to be different, there's no doubt about Mm that. I mean, we're talking about all the good things that, you know, what we should do as a speaker and Mm. uh, how we should carry ourselves and body language. What do you see the amateurs, uh, the people that really aren't doing it well, but what are they doing?
1: Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that can be with delivery and content. So with delivery, we've got filler words a lot yeah. of the time. As, ums, as, stuttering, all of these things cause nerves. Of course. You see that a lot of the time. Looking at the notes, like I said before, having way too many words on your PowerPoint slide. I read something interesting recently that the guy who created PowerPoint is really disappointed with how it's getting used yeah because he said he created that initially to be like a pictorial experience you know with just pictures images and things like this but people are just slating words on there and the worst thing is when you get someone who has oh, oh, reading it. words, and then they read it they read it
0: it's, no, it it's crazy to me i am um, i love the way and i think a lot of people do that apple do it where they have a word or a picture or image or a handful of words on the screen and then they create a whole story around mm-hmm. that. And that's how I've always tried mm-hmm. to create my uh, yeah Yeah, the fewer words I think the better. Without a doubt, and yeah. it really does my head in as well when it's up there for me to read and said Presenter is reading it for me. Yes. Uh, equally, I must say, because I do like PowerPoint, but... Yeah, yeah, oh well, me too. Uh, me
1: too, I'm a big advocate of PowerPoint just used in the Well, well I had,
0: i seen a speaker recently who had a huge audience that had a terrible, put- image only, which was the good part about it, but there was so much mis- m- mismatch in the images, you know, they would put one image on first about a graph or something, then they put something else on about some, some other, you know, similar subject, yeah. this was about sales and, and that. leadership, and they looked differently, there were different colour palettes used, right. and there was no consistency yeah, in the brand, no well, there was zero brand. There was, there was zero brand as well and equally and then in some points they didn't use anything, they just spoke and I mean do you do you believe in that I remember was getting taught sales, it was always one of those ones where some people learn by like reading stuff. Some mm. people want the really detailed information. Some just like to listen, yeah. but some like to visualize mm. and see things mm. as well. Yeah. Is that the same with uh 100% with the audience? When yeah. You yeah. That?
1: So you've got your visual learners. They take up the mapping, 60% of people are visual learners. Yes. Out there, and then you've got your sort of. Um, auditory learners, um, for the hearing, yes. for listening, and so forth. They love their audio books, things like this. Yes. And then you also got, I think it's called kinesthetic. Yes, yeah, right? kinesthetic. You, you're touched. actually doing. You're so, you're this is a, another thing I always include in a long presentation is interaction. Of course. Right? Whether it yeah. just be asking some questions or getting people to actually do things, activities, to... having discussions. What I do in my workshops is I get people right out of their comfort zone and get them to come up and present. Wow. And give them feedback don't, on it don't, straight don't, You might
0: scare people off attending if you're telling them <laughs>
1: that. But this is, the, this is the thing, I mean, a lot of people are afraid. They're afraid of coming along and getting up and presenting, or because I got video footage done for them too, seeing themselves on camera. But everyone who has come along leaves with more confidence. Yes. Because that is what's behind your fear. It's confidence, it's bliss.
0: And I get thinking probably yeah, you, your sort of uh, workshops that you're doing, mm. so it'll be a safe environment. Yeah, to, yeah, and
1: everyone's there for the same reason. We're course. all here to, to learn and develop. There's nothing that can go wrong. effectively. fact, if, it, if you say something and you think it doesn't work out, then hey, we forget about it. We move on, we try again. That's it. I always say That's that you're
0: not so important, Scott, that people are going to remember this forever. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. are going to care too long about. Uh, yeah. they either one, don't care. Uh, or they uh, the think is great um, or the people that really sort of you know critique people in a negative way they don't really matter anyway That's so you've got true. that kind of three yeah, people there yeah, yeah. and most people i think are either really supportive although they might not I don't know if you find this, but particularly mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, you, you put your content out, you're sharing a lot of valuable stuff, and you get a half a dozen likes and maybe one comment, and you think no, that's really disappointing. I really thought that was great. But most people that take a lot from it don't communicate. Yes. I'm always trying yes. I'm trying to consciously now see when I like something, uh-huh. tell the person that's a great piece of I like said. Yes. Yes. Because not enough people actually do that. And yes. there's a lot of people that like it. Uh-huh most people that like the stuff don't comment. Oh, 100%, But I the agree. people that hate it, they're always quick to jump <laughs> on and, and, and Yeah, and
1: oh, 100%. I, I meet people at networking events a lot of the time, and they come up to me and say, I'm really loving your videos, and like, do you? I've never seen you at all. Like, yes. I like not even that. I I don't even know they're viewing it, nothing. Yes. But they come up and do that. Let me know you're out there, you know. Absolutely, it's, I've it's had, re-
0: even recently, people tell me exact things in a past, Vlog or podcast yeah, yeah. That they've done. Uh, the one in mind I'm thinking about there was, uh, was a vlog. I can't even remember it happening, but they told me about something that I said or an interaction that happened there, and they told me why they liked it there, and I thought it was amazing. Uh-huh. But. Uh-huh. Uh, to me, it was just a know, normal conversation yeah, yeah. we were having, so it's amazing. Uh-huh. But you're right, there's the three people out there that kind of, you know, people that are negative and critique mm-hmm. you. Does it really matter? In general, audiences
1: always want you to do well. I, I yes. don't know if you've ever been at a presentation where things are not going well for the speaker. And maybe he's, he's completely fluffed his lines, he, he freezes on stage. It's not a good experience for anyone. No, it's, it's really not. really uncomfortable to watch. But
0: when i had it, I, I was. I was at one not too long ago, and he never fluffed his lines or throws mm-hmm. certainly not i just didn't quite like his style mm-hmm. but as i say other people loved it yes yes absolutely. so for me it, it wasn't great for, uh, yeah for others it was excellent but the main thing to realise is the audience is on your side yes oh you, yeah that, that's one thing I I wanted it to be great I yeah, like yeah, yeah. them as a person and you always do I mean, yes. unless you've got
1: someone against the person but really you shouldn't be like that anyway no. um, you should probably sort that out if that yes, is the case um, so people are on your side and I think that's a really important thing to remember when you step up there too you know? you're know, you all one big team
0: you know? I, you're talking about the people there I mean for people on here listening mm. and thinking about public speaking and they're yeah. thinking oh my goodness I don't want to put myself out there because of critique." I've certainly found and I don't know if you've found this here because we've all had critique and negativity yeah. at some point in time I actually now in a very probably disturbing way quite enjoy it now <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I do feel that you learn so much from this and you, you need to beat yourself up about it yes but hearing someone say something is actually you know I've, i must say i've never had anybody see anything sinister mm. like it was so bad i mean i've had people comment on the, the strong <laughs> scottish accent i've had people mocking things that i've said uh, like you know just the content of it how it's weak how you've read a book and you're now doing it i mean i've had all of that so it's been fairly harmless
1: yeah
0: but i been I mean, now we've actually spoke myself and fred who's with us we've spoken about we should actually do a video on this let's call it abuse, but this, uh, <laughs> this feedback here yeah, um, yeah. because it's good fun. You, yes. know? you get to that stage, I do feel that you get to that stage where if you can, and if you can get to that stage, it's quite a unstoppable place that you get to when you're at that there where literally what you do or what pe- or what you think people think about you or what they actually do say about you has absolutely zero bearing on what you actually do. Yes. You will do it yes. anyway you know, yes. because you'll love it, because that's uh-huh. who you are and that's what you want to do. 100 percent It's yeah. a very powerful place to be. It is, yes. And I mean, that's but the confidence that comes through your confidence though. Well Oh absolutely,
1: yeah. I'm I'm much the same. I actually enjoy it when someone goes against me now or, or says so I've had someone I say before, I'd rather live in hell than listen to this guy. Really? <laughs> yeah. <That's a> good <laughs> which one. I enjoyed. I that's enjoyed quite, that's that. A good one. One. But hey, it's better than having nothing. Right? Yes. Because that would be they're just
0: feeding the, the they're feeding the algorithms, aren't yeah, like they? Yeah. Fred spoke it. As you banter back and forth with this person, yeah. saying that you're shit, it's actually going yeah. Facebook's going, Oh this is an interesting bit of yeah, content. Yeah. Somebody's interacting Absolutely. with it. They're giving you free advertising. Absolutely. So you should pay them with that. So, somebody said to me <laughs> and you should actually pay them. Somebody said to me on a on a forum that I'm on, just Somebody got a bit of negative publicity. It was all like ten fun and off, and somebody says just, just block them, delete the comment, and block them. And, and move on and mm-hmm. I'm like I don't I don't even I don't even want to do that. I weave the car I actually feel people are allowed to say what they want to say. Oh yeah yeah. So, so from, see someone says you know that Scotch saying something rubbish yeah, you know yeah. they're allowed to and you have to be open to do that there. Everyone's entitled to their
1: opinion I'm, without a doubt. Obviously we're talking about the negative side of feedback but you get a lot of people who actually will say something and it might seem a bit mean but there is something in it as well. Yes. You know, which you can take and, oh, you and you this learn is, from, without this doubt. is a huge part of speaking is feedback. Right, because you never truly know how you're coming across until you hear it from someone else. And yeah. uh, that's obviously yeah. the big thing. And
0: there is a danger that sometimes when somebody says, I don't think that's right, you see it this way and that's not really the best way to do it. But mm. it is more, it comes across as negative, it comes across as someone yeah. having a pop. But it is actually just really interesting feedback. If it's constructive it. yeah,
1: and course. it's valuable, of course, as you get more experienced, you'll realise, okay, maybe I shouldn't bother listening to him. Well, he maybe has a point. You learn to do It's the intent,
0: the intent of someone, isn't it, really? If someone yeah, just yeah. wants to like swam you, of course, yeah. then that's different. But of if course. someone's going, I think. F- think, actually, Kyle, that's not true about eye contact because study shows it, then that's fine.
1: And yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I mean, I'm always open to that myself. Um, I get feedback from other speakers because that's ultimately how you improve.
0: Do you encourage, uh, let me think, where did I last get this? Where did I last get this? Well, I think it was at the PSA, so for people listening who are interested in public speaking, I mean, you can share the the company or the, the organisation group that you went to. I've been to the Glasgow Toastmasters, mm-hmm. and there's obviously different ones, isn't yes, there? Yes, there's about five here. In five the, in, in Glasgow alone, is that yeah, right? Yeah, so there's sure. no... I mean, they'll be all different nights, there'll be different times. Yes, and that's it. I went to the PSA, actually, quite like the PSA, um, but the Toastmasters was another one there, but what they've done is after you've done a speech, you know, a... a, a I'll gig with them to test things out the, the, you'll look for feedback on yes. it. Is that something you would encourage speakers to do? 100% is to hand out something well give me your honest feedback on yeah, it yeah yeah
1: so that's a absolutely so every presentation I do yeah. I hand out feedback forms the, the first one the 600 people I handed out 600 feedback forms
0: Interesting. myself how many did you get? How many did you get? I got back 200 back wow that's, that's good which is alright which is alright what, um, what was the kind of feedback that you got from it? Uh, it
1: was generally positive so I had a there's two things I tend to do I have two scales you know one to ten one poor ten excellent Um, and then I think the other thing I use is how useful did you find it 110 and generally most of the ones I got were um, eight or above oh that's good which was which is not and it's still something I do because I like the statistical data and then also you look at the comments as well and yeah, people picked up that uh, I was a bit rigid. Um, like I said, I over, you know how you can do overtraining and oh, exercise? I, it, yes. I overpracticed this speech just
0: because I was so nervous. And everyone it. could tell that it was just polished. That it was just, that it was just, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah well, to an extent, not everyone. I mean, a lot of people really enjoyed it, but some people did. Um, and this is a problem I have with my style anyway. It comes across quite polished. Um, I can do an improv speech. And I, make it
0: like you've been do it forever and people think, yeah yeah
1: so it's something I'm wrestling with myself right now and trying to figure out how to get it right so that I'm coming because this is the thing with speech right the best presentations are ones which don't seem like a presentation yes yeah, so you forget completely that it's a speech or anything it's just this flowing conversation which you're enjoying so it has to sound like what you're saying is the very first time you've said it and that is is a difficult skill to crack and one I'm pursuing very,
0: very fast. And so it should. I mean, you said Wes Brown was, the, is the greatest speaker, yeah, and no, I, 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 to me he is one of them and definitely. Mm-hmm. What do you think, for these people that are aspiring speakers, mm. what do you think a Wes Brown does that makes them just so engaging that way?
1: Well I think one, Les Brown has multiple skills, you look at the way the man uses his voice, he's got perfect range of tonality, tempo and volume, he's constantly changing up to keep people engaged, his body language is there, he's got phenomenal
0: humour as well, humour is... How important is humour? I'm sure someone said to me that they, let me think here, yes, they actually went to a stand-up, small gig, a stand-up comedy type thing. No, they're not interested in comedy, but purely to get that, to try and make themselves a funnier person mm-hmm. yeah. for, their, for their keynote. Yes. How important is humour?
1: I, I think if you can master humour, it's, it's like a, a golden ticket, right? Yeah. It's, it's one of the fastest ways to make people care. Because if, if, you can, if I can make you laugh, you're going to like me more. Absolutely. And then once you get people to like you, that's where you can start to feed them information, open them up to ideas. So it kind of disarms people. And it's a skill I'm very much pursuing myself. I've started doing improv comedy. Um, just Because humour is something I've struggled with in the past so that's a skill i'm working on i've sort of to do this myself i identify my own weaknesses in speaking and look to build on them to bring make them a strength too best way to do it
0: yeah yeah I think what you have to do regardless of your career you know you're right to, re- to reflect back and self-analyze yeah, that way yeah. is critical uh-huh. even like for a business owner whether you've got a huge company small company or you're just yes. on your own it's yes. important to reflect uh-huh. back and I, I consciously actually spoke to fred about this last week how i felt that i hadn't been doing it as much and I had actually noticed Mm -hmm. some cracks and things mm, that I, yes. I oh geez, we used to get a result of that or do this or things I used to be. things were do slipping a little bit exactly mm-hmm. and I'm like what am I not doing right like, do you now I've not actually sat for an hour or two at the end of the week and just kind of reassessed how mm. things have went and each bit Look back at my notes and went oh that meeting went great but that didn't what didn't go well mm-hmm. I just really did prepare mm-hmm. and so on and 100%. so on so it's a, it's, you're right it's a great thing to do well, and we forget it,
1: to think don't we because we yes. forget to schedule time just to think because thinking Is obviously action, action, action is probably better, but thinking is also an important aspect.
0: The the process, the strategic process of just reflecting back and having time to think is so undervalued. Yes. Because there has been this hustle, take action, do not procrastinate mentality Mm -hmm. that's been drilled into, particularly the younger people. Yes. And and sometimes yeah you lose, and that's great by the way. But sometimes you lose things. You know there is a Mm -hmm. there is something very. Mm um it's like it's like almost like um Meditation that way. Mm. There's something that's hard to explain that you get yes. when you reflect back yes. self analyze yourself, which is so profound and you get so uh-huh. much from. Uh-huh. But it's quite hard to get in, you know, to, to explain why 100%. why you do it One hundred percent. Which is exactly what I get from meditation. I don't even know why, but it just feels right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so Grie, have you have you ever tried to crack a joke at one of your gigs and it's I, just a I red balloon time and now? And it, but it's like oh, goes down right. like a lead balloon. To, have you have you had? Yeah, yeah. Have you had that? Yeah,
1: yeah. Of yeah. course, of course. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) That's why I started realizing, hey, this is not working out, Kyle, we need to do something here. So yeah, that's why I thought, right, I've got a problem, I need to enjoy, much like the confidence, right? Going back to that, I have this problem, I'm not that funny, I know how powerful humor can be, let's build upon that. So I threw myself in, I did an improv comedy course, went well, I'm doing another one starting this Saturday, actually, and I've got the goal of doing some stand-up next year. That's something I want to... Certainly so
0: i just think in terms of if, if i can do a recap if i could this is for because i like i learn so much from these conversations mm-hmm. yes. as well but for somebody listening and i'm thinking so going back to your seo yes. at, yes. smile yes. eye plan, eye contact and yes. be open yeah not search engine optimization not search engine although <laughs> that's important as well but that's for another another conversation another podcast um and and then and then when you come to the content side of it it was yes it was yes
1: so you expertise solution
0: okay yeah then we have and thinking about humor and you're talking about humor and 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 trying to not force that but trying to you know you say break down people's barriers by some good old comedy (laughs) having a bit of a laugh and and, and a joke but still making sure that it doesn't overtake your presentation yes. that much it, you, you lose the uh-huh. the content it, and the value and the reason for doing it yeah just going back to your point about going to this the stand I think it was your friend went no he went to a, just a stand oh, oh, yeah, up gig oh just a stand up gig he just went yeah. to one of these open mic sessions yeah. where he stood up for I th- he actually did describe it to me I think it was maybe three, four, five, six minutes but it felt like you know an hour uh, that he was up there for with everyone staring at him yeah. but he done that deliberately yes to 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 try and you know, put himself in that very mm-hmm. awkward and difficult position yes, yes. but ultimately it was to improve his uh-huh. business presentation skills
1: yes 100 and there's definitely things you can take from from that as well it's obviously it's different environments how you present at a stand-up comedy club very different in a business presentation of course but there's synergy and there's things you can take from both
0: okay you know? And avoid the, 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 the things that amateurs do, and your filler words. And these are yeah. old things, you know, I've battled long and hard with these, <laughs> but filler words, filler words, closed off body yeah, language. Yeah, closed off body language, wordy
1: slideshows, um, reading notes, all of these things. Um, and also, here's, a, here's a one just to end on. When you come up and you don't feel like you've done preparation or experience, don't say, I'm not really used to doing these things so mm. let me off the hook here tragic it sets you up to fail come on start with a little bit more enthusiasm uh, a bit more I belief i've heard,
0: heard that before where yeah where, where, where people almost just throw on the table before yeah, they reach started yeah yeah
1: give yourself yes. a shot ch- get in the ring yes. take a
0: swing <laughs> perfect all right so kyle that's perfect let me ask i mean i know you've got your workshop coming up mm. by the time this comes out it would have passed Right. So, I'm sure it'll be a great success, right? Yes. But tell me, when well, you've got some workshops coming up, where will we, he- What tell me what you're doing and where will we hear yes. more about it? Because yes. this will be the first of many. 100%.
1: So, I've, well, I've done many workshops before, but I've got two coming up now, and it's all about business presentations, pitching, becoming more effective, getting more results. The best place to hear about them is probably LinkedIn. Right. So if you just type in my name, Kyle Murter, M-U-R-T-A-G-H. I was
0: going to say, so Murta, right, and that's M-U-R-T-A-G-H. That's right, yeah. Right, got you. Yeah, there's
1: not many of them out there, so you'll probably find me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so if you connect with me on there, then I'll keep everyone up to date. Or go to my website, confidencebydesign.co.uk. I keep uh, the information fresh on there
0: as well. Do you do any of your, you know, promote your business in your cell phone, your Instagram, Facebook, any of that type of place? I, I don't tend to, no. It's more, it's something I have done in
1: the past, but I've realised LinkedIn is a gold mine and I'm throwing everything at that Your right time now. is spent one LinkedIn. Yeah. Mean, like I'm going to on. diversify maybe into YouTube a bit more. I do have a YouTube account. I'm going to start to build that up. Just under your name? Next. Yes, yeah, under my name as well. So Kyle Murta you will come up with videos yeah. uh, that you can I've watch there.
0: Kyle, Martha, as you said, there's not many of you yeah. out there, so it does come up. I think it was first when we, when we done our research on. Yeah, that. yeah. But absolutely. LinkedIn is the place where most of your content is. LinkedIn, yeah, um, Great. for business professionals, absolutely. Perfect. And just again, clarify: what your, your website? Is it just your name? It's
1: it's com. Well, you can type my name in; it'll probably come up again. Yes. but it's confidencebydesign.co.uk.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Kyle, on that note, thanks so much. Um, I said to you before, the reason for doing this is because I know how powerful the public speaking is for business owners. Mm. And just to have someone that is dedicated so much time and and, and teaching people and honing their own craft, but helping people hone their craft and how to present better Mm -hmm. and communicate Mm -hmm. and, and, and influence people in the right way, that's someone that, we need, to, we need to spread that word to business mm, owners here so yes. thanks for coming in and sharing some of no, that stuff my pleasure, it's, my pleasure. Well, this, it's been a pleasure of ours and uh, the, the episode will be out and we'll give you all the feedback and all the show notes for people listening Fantastic. we will link in Confidence by Design Kyle's website and his LinkedIn and all the details that we spoke about in the show notes but um, thanks again thanks for coming on the business no talk it's problem. been a pleasure no
1: problem my pleasure too
0: there we have it Kyle on the podcast When it comes to selling, and when it comes to running a business, being able to communicate with your audience, with your staff, with the people you know, your potential clients, it's critical. So a lot of this information we're talking about here, to do it effectively is very, very important. Even if you, we talked about being an introvert, even if you're an introvert, you must be able to publicly communicate your message to a greater audience so that you can continue to share more wisdom with other people. There is nothing overly revolutionary about becoming a good speaker. It's just about doing lots of things well. Just doing it just being good at you know so many things. You do not need to be extraordinary at one specific thing. But that is how you become great at speaking, is just to be good at a number of things. Make sure your content is good. Make sure your body language, you're smiling, you're creating eye contact, you're not using filler words, which I can be guilty of. We all can. But make sure that you take some of these things on board. Being able to communicate with a, a greater audience, a wider audience, a big audience when you're on a stage or in front of people is important. And if you really want to grow your business, it's quite easily you can You know, to do a hundred presentations one to one with people will take a long time. To stand up and give value to people and and, and make sure people act and you can influence 100 people at the one time by doing a keynote, that's powerful and that's something you want to learn.